Welcome to the Game Changers podcast. We are your hosts, Associate Professor of Education and Enterprise, Philip Cummins. And prominent educational thought leader, Adriana Duprada. The Game Changers podcast aims to not only put a spotlight on the innovative ideas shaping the landscape of 21st century schooling, but to enter into a deep dialogue with those brave pioneers, the true game changers in education. Those individuals that don't wait for permission, leaders in education who are actually courageous enough to make real change in their learning community, as they foster the growth of each young person in their care to ultimately thrive in a new world environment. These are their stories. What's it like to build your own world? What's it like to empower those around you? What's it like to build an entire community and make change within us, in and around quality education and decent jobs? And what's it like to do that when you're only 17? Olawan Efemi Dahunsi is a really exciting and interesting young man who is building a remarkable program from Nigeria. I'm excited, Adriano. I can't wait. Let's go. Well, this is terribly exciting to be to be part of this particular conversation as we uh, have another story for Series 5 of The Game Changers, Phil. Before we get to our wonderful guest, Nefemia, who's in Nigeria at the moment, um, how has uh, Sydney been treating you this weekend? Because we are recording in November 2020. It's been a it's been a very sticky weekend. I've been inside doing some a whole bunch of work on a life of purpose, and also recording with some other remarkable people for the in conversation series, Adriana. So it's been a very full day of work. Uh, I haven't needed to enjoy Sydney as much, but I'll be down in Melbourne next week, and I can't wait to see you then. Oh, well, it's great to, to have you back in the greatest city of the, in, in the world, the most livable one, of course. But anyway, let's get to our wonderful guest. Nefemi, it is wonderful to have you here on Game Changers. It's a real privilege for us to be able to speak with, with a young man and a young person in general who is making change in their local community for the better of, of their other fellow young people. Nefemi, can you tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today at the tender age of 17. Okay, yeah, sure. So um, I'm Oluwalim Femi Downsi, like you said earlier. And then I grew up in a remote community where access to quality education didn't seem a concern to many parents. Um, so coming from that kind of background, my parents literally didn't see the world that way. They believed in the power of education and the power of um, skill acquisition. So one of the greatest moments was me going for internships and then Garnering experiences from different programs, events, trainings. And then I, when, I, when I came back, I couldn't utilize those skills that I've learned because the people around me in my community didn't care about that. They literally just um, cared about other reasons. And then I started seeing the impact on them. So many of them started becoming drug addicts. They started becoming touts, which we refer to as agbarrows in Nigeria here. So um, they just literally started doing things, bad things in the community. And then I found out that 90% of this was because they didn't have anything to do, which was as a result, a result of lack of quality education. And then um, I decided to start what I what is now called Tinswell Empowerment, which literally just trains young people on how to use and utilize digital skills to change their world, basically. So um, that started because I, I've seen the impact of having quality education. I've seen the impact of having digital skills. So I asked myself once again, if I could access digital skills or access internship opportunities, why can't the world access the skills? So I started doing research and I found out that if young people actually have the power to speak up, the power to change their world using whatever they have, they would, they, 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 there'll be a better Africa, there'll be a better Nigeria. That's why I started Things World Empowerment. 
Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Teens World Empowerment? Because what's been remarkable is that you started this when you were 13. And since then, you've empowered over 8,000 young people, which is phenomenal. And, and I love your endeavor and, and creativity and your, your purpose in support and empowerment of others. Can you, can you share with our listeners a little insight exactly about how Teens World uh, Empowerment works? Oh, okay, sure. So Teens World Empowerment is a social impact project aimed at addressing lack of quality education amongst youth from diverse communities and backgrounds. So um, what we do is we train young people, we incubate them, and then we connect them to internship opportunities or job opportunities. So the training is we train them on skills like coding, graphics designing, and then different network IMGs. Then we could base them via something we call a virtual graduation where we bring people like you, like Phil, like um, just, just people like Obama to speak to them and tell them, oh, now you have a skill, now you can take your skill to the next level. And then finally, we connect them to internship opportunities, we connect them to organizations where they can garner experience and also make some money for their families. Nefemi, I'm, I'm really interested in talking to you educator to educator. In terms of the skills that uh, you are seeking to provide for those around you, why is it so important for your community to acquire these skills? Um, it's very important for not just my community, but for the whole world to acquire those skills. Because if we really want to change the world, we must give young people a balanced diet. And a balanced diet in the sense that, yes, you're giving them access to phones, to gadgets, yes, giving them what they need, but they actually need something that they can use to change their world. So um, it's very sad that the stories our parents told us in the past are still happening now. It shouldn't be that way. It should be something like, um, so now, Probably, for example, in my own generation, there was no electricity. So in my child's generation, there should be electricity because I did something about that. So what, what I'm doing and why that is very significant to me is because digital skills can change our world. Tech, technology is changing the world. So if thousands of young people globally and different in different African countries have access to those skills, they can utilize and garner those skills to change their world. So um, there, there, wouldn't be, there wouldn't be something called lack of quality education in the next five years if everybody has access to digital skills and that's an amazing that's an amazing vision that you've got um i have i have two questions that i want to ask you at this stage first of all how did you develop this vision how did you take that big step forward that said this is not what we need for our world and more importantly how did you make that step that said i'm going to do it um, so it's easy to start an initiative, but it's more work to actually sustain the initiative. So the point where I knew that I was going to do this was when I had access to like a network of young chainmakers at, a, at an, an event called Teens General Assembly. So I met young chainmakers who are doing amazing stuff at nine years old, 14. And then that actually inspired me to continue with Teens One Apartment. So Teens One Apartment started as vocational education. And then it's now moved to what you all know as things with apartment. So it's just about finding the right niche and finding your spice and standing out. So I found my spice and I found out that my spice was to train young people with digital skills. And then I just started it. So it, for young people, what you just need is just to start something. So start something and then literally change your world. So this, is, this speaks to your practice as a leader. And it sounds as though you just knew it was a thing that you needed to do. And then the more you got into it, you helped yourself realize what the implementation of that looked like. Again, speaking as an educator to an educator, how do you help the trainees in your programs to assess their skills? 
what techniques do you use for assessment? Well, we use one of the nice and amazing techniques by, so you, you'd obviously go for internships and then those are the things and that's where you get to prove yourself. So you go for internships and then you do this work hands-on. So you work on hands-on machines, hands-on computers. Now you're not just at the bar, you're not just behind, you're working, you're leading your own team. So what we do is we, by all means, ensure that our alumni utilize those skills they have. So they have, they actually have to go through kind of very, very tedious um, assessments, exams, um, using different things. So for example, if we train a podcaster, we have to bring them to the Game Changers podcast to actually intern. And then you tell us that, oh, this person needs this skill. And then you, we can't give you certificates except you've had kind of like a 99% grade, kind of, because there are tons of people who just go to school who don't even know anything about your careers. So the aim is not just to raise young leaders. The aim is not just about the numbers, actually about the impact. So the, the goal is to raise few people. Yes, but people, those few people cannot raise thousands of young people from their own communities. Speaking about that, there was someone who, from our network who actually just got a check of 250,000 there. So he's taking out the idea that he learned from Teams World Empowerment to his own community. And then he's training other people in his own community. And Nefemi, I, I, I have a feeling that we would be interning at your podcast rather than somebody interning at our podcast. I just, I, I, have, a, <laughs> I, I, have, a fe- I have a feeling about that. What, what you are talking about, and, the, and those of us who enjoy the technical language out there, you're talking about experiential learning and you're talking about immersion in an experience to demonstrate that you've, you've got the capacity to do what it is that needs to be done. You're then talking about, if you like, a train-the-trainer approach you identify someone who's then going to go out and pass on those skills to other. And, and, and Adriano and I would call that character apprenticeship. How is it that you get a sense that these are the right things to do to train people? Um, so I've done a lot of research. I've also worked with young people who are in the educational space, like Blessing Akpan, and then tons of people who have been in this industry or can I call it an industry yeah so um it's actually one of the best approach why because I looked at the root of the problem the root of the problem in Africa in Nigeria is that um like you said exponential learning is actually very good so um the root of the problem is that this learning is not being practiced in Africa or in Nigerian schools so that's where the problem comes from people go to school and then they come out they 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 can't actually learn or they can't actually practice what they've learned so they don't even know what they went to school for. They just went to school to get a certificate and work and then get some money. But what that the, the what we're trying to call is that kind of that kind of niche or that kind of idea or pers- perception about education. So what we're trying to do is the education we're trying to imagine should be or should be centered around kind of utilizing what you learn. So you go to class and then you utilize whatever you learn in class. There's some real um, energy about what you're sharing with us here today, Nefemi, and, and I love the, the synergy with our work around the character apprenticeship. You know, the student starts off as the student with, with, with the teacher uh, uh, sharing the knowledge and the skills and helping them develop and grow, and they become the co-author of their 
the student's story, but then eventually the student then becomes the teacher and becomes their own author of their own story. There's such rich empowerment yeah, in, in, in what you are what you are sharing with us today. And, and I just, I'm so excited for the work that you are doing. No, no wonder it continues to attract so much attention, media attention, as well as significant organizations who are really interested in your, in your drive and passion. For this to all work, it sounds like you have built a great capacity to build partnerships with lots of businesses and organizations who really, really want to support the next generation of young Nigerian people. How have you gone about building those partnerships and convincing companies and organizations to believe in taking the, on these young people in, with internships? Okay, so it's very easy to convince people when you have like a result. So I didn't just go seeking for partnerships when we were just starting. We started seeking for partnerships early last year or last two years. And then those partnerships are very significant partnerships in, in which we're we kind of create very, very similar. We, we reach out to organizations with very similar goal and then work on, work on something called synergy. So we believe in synergy and then we utilize that very well. So it's easy to kind of work on a partnership with an organization that sees the same goal as you. So we don't, we don't just go to organizations that are building cars. We go to organizations that are training people on how to build cars. So they have to have like kind of like a similar goal with us. And then we work on that. So in the past couple of months, we've had over four partnerships that are just boiling around training young people, giving them resources and then whatnot. You responded to Phil a little bit earlier about the, the necessary soft skills that, that um, young people have to uh, acquire through your 21st century skill acquisition program. It's an online program. What I'm interested in unpacking around that is you clearly have a, a strong emphasis on the use of technology. But what I want to know is why are those skills, just those skills, so important for young people to develop as they navigate through this world? Exactly. So that's a very nice question. So those skills are very important. Why? Because Tango, you said 21st century skills. So those skills are actually the future. In the next five to 10 years, you wouldn't be hearing of different kinds of skills that are present now. Those things are taking over. Robots are taking over. Um, automation is taking over. So those, that's why it's very important for us to train the next generation of young people, because we have to prepare them for the future at hand. It's wise to train young people on things like cooking, but it's wiser to train them on things like coding, where they can design their own robots. So I've been working with Agility CMS as an ambassador, and yes. then I've seen young people literally capture their dreams and then put them, push it out to the world via website designing. So um, it's, that's, that's really smart. And then I can see like five-year-olds, nine-year-olds coding. And that's the fulfillment for me to see that the younger generations are taking this up at a very young age. And then by the time they are, they are going to be getting 17, they're also going to train their own batch of young people. So coding, website designing, this, these skills are the future. The world is going to be automated very soon. So it's yep. very necessary. So what I'm hearing you say is that your program is, is a combination of helping young people have great insights from industry about the hard skills they need, that's the technical competence, as well as the, the soft skills that it's often referred to. We prefer to call them human skills or you know necessary skills. So much of those soft skills that you're empowering these young people about, because you and I have had a previous conversation via um, our, our Twitter accounts, I got to have a really strong sense that you're really wanting to help each of these young people not only develop technical skill knowledge, but you're helping them develop their emotional competency 
their competency around self-regulation, adaptability, curiosity, creativity, critical thinking, all those kind of skills that are transferable, doesn't matter what job it is. And one of the one of the things also that's really clear is that you're helping them develop a great sense of who they are and their character. Why is it so necessary for young people who are looking to gain employment to develop their character and their integrity going forward? Yeah, that's that's a very bright question. So um, young people need that because the kind of future we want to create is a future that doesn't just contain youths with skills, a future that contains intentional youths, where youths have skills and know what to do with their skills and then actually understand, they take care of their mental health, they actually understand the basics of living as a young person in this world or in the in the earth. So um, that's really important. Why? Because tons of people, tons of brilliant people, tons of amazing people lack kind of, can I say, a proper balance on what to do, kind of a proper balance yeah. on what to do, kind of discipline on how to go about things. So when they get to where they, they've envisioned, they just literally lose their values or lose their discipline. So what we're trying to do at Tinsworth Apartments is kind of give them a balanced diet where they learn and then learn and learn and learn on learn and then relearn. So we just want to give them a balanced diet, really. Nafemi, um, if I look at your Instagram, and thank you for adding me, by the way, I feel a little intimidated <laughs> by your, your Instagram. My Instagram account has got mostly stuff that I've cooked in my garden and occasional pictures of my dog <laughs> and my mum and my kids and stuff like that. I'm reading things like this. Your greatness is not what you have, it's what you give on your Instagram. Yeah. How did you, how did you land on this notion of selflessness and the need to give to others as being so important? Wow, that's that's a very great question. So I don't Thank normally, you. I have not said this on um, any any interview basically, but this actually started from when my parents would go to the village and then bring people from the village and then take them to schools. And then when they are done with schools, because they didn't have enough resources to send them to universities, they would connect them to their rich friends who can now send them to universities. So that's been that's been something for me. And then I've seen them do it over and over again. That kind of selflessness where they give, um, they, they actually don't have, but they just want to give. And then that's, that's been a very, very good motivation and inspiration for me. I have another follow-up for you. Again, I'm going on your I'm going from your Instagram because I, I love this stuff, man. Your story can change the world. And then your program is called Discover You. Why is your program, your 30-day discovery class, why is it called Discover You? Well, yeah, I think that the U is in capital letter, as you can see on the design. So it's meant to discover you. If you ask me who is Nifemi, I'm going to tell you who Nifemi is, not who um, Uluwa Nifemi Downsy is, because you really have to discover who you really are. What's, what's your goal? What do you want to do? In the next, so I've seen people who tell me, oh, I am so, 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 and then I want to be an engineer. And then in the next five years, they end up being doctors. I told myself I was going to be a surgeon, but I was afraid of blood. Now I am into the educational space. So you just really have to discover you and ensure that everything that you're doing is relating to things around you. For example, I'm studying at the Institute for Industrial Technology. And then I'm, I'm studying electromechanics. Now that's relating to what I'm doing because the Institute for Industrial Technology also believes in vocational education as a means of changing the world. So it's you can see that everything around me is relating to my goal and then relating to my vision, really. It's absolutely outstanding. I mean, it's, 
Now, Femi, the, the, the stuff that we've been researching over the past decade is all about an education for character. And that's why Adriana was asking about character just a little bit earlier. Everything that you're telling me and everything that you're telling Adriano in this conversation is about character learning being put into practice. It's about living a life of purpose. It's about starting with that, you know, who am I and where do I fit in and how do I best serve others and, and whose am I? You know, it's, it, 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 it's all about the way in which you see yourself and you put it into your life and then carry it forward. How do you try to inspire other young Africans and people around the world to do the same. I think that that's that's the main thing of speak, speaking up. When you tell your story, you also inspire people directly or indirectly. So there are tons of people who have benefited from our programs, who are starting their own initiatives, who are changing their world. And then, I, for example, the guy who I was talking about, I recently, I didn't, he didn't tell me, and then I saw it, and then I found out that he started his own initiative. And that's that's a fulfillment for us at Teens World Empowerment. That's a, that's a joy for me, especially knowing that I actually mentored him one on one, and then it's inspiring to see young people and an emphasis on young people speak up. For example, look at the issue in Nigeria. We had an issue where there was police brutality, and then young people came together to speak up, and then the next morning there were tons and hundreds of people outside to support him. So um, it's easy to say, oh, I, di- I didn't get support, but it's it's actually better to try. So just start something, do something, do something, start something, make something, and change your world. So you just have to start. Talking about doing something to change the world, you are a big advocate for the UN Sustainable Development Goals. How can schools across the globe better attend to the mission of those goals? Well, that's where, that's where um, social change agents come in or global disruptors come in. So most of the times I've spent my money, I've spent my time, I've spent my resources touring around different states, different cities, different schools, to just tell this the management and communicate with them to add these very essential things to their curriculums, things like the sustainable development goals, things like digital skills to their curriculums where young people can learn at a very young age. So if I discovered myself very early enough, probably like two years old, I'll probably be doing more amazing stuff than this today. So um, it's very, very imperative for young people to have access to the sustainable development goals and to have like an all-round idea of what this is about and how this can change their world. So it's the role, it's a role for social change agents, a role for global disruptors to utilize their network, utilize their resources, and then get the word out. So it, it begins with us, really. Yeah, it, it always it always begins with us. And what's really interesting is I think you just downplayed your, your ability there, my friend. It's clearly uh, you're doing a lot in your community and you're making a massive impact. So never never diminish the value that you continue to bring. Uh, I, I want to continue this kind of line of, of conversation in relation to sustainability on, in a different sense though. Why is a world where sustainability, synergy and peace should be the most powerful central constructs important to you as a young person? Well, that's, that's, that's smart because that is the essential ingredients to create like a better world sustainability peace and and then that's the mantra that should be the mantra for everyone so that's what we should look at um there are many organizations and many organizations that have started up to raise this thing but they didn't have a sustainable 
who plan. Now they've crashed. So these things are essential ingredients for creating a better world. It's just like kind of kind of cooking rice without having water, without having a pot. Then you can't make rice. So you have you can have rice, but you you don't have the essential things to make that rice edible. So these things are cornerstones to changing our world, and they're cornerstones to achieving our goals as change agents. Ah, oh, man, you're talking about cooking. It's just it's it's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Um, when do you turn off? When do you relax? When do you have time for fun? Because you're all go, aren't you? Yes, I am. I actually love traveling anyways, but um, family and then your work should kind of not be too different. They are together. They are one thing. So your family inspires you to do more. And then, so for me, I really don't actually have time, but it's essential because I'm a mental health advocate. And then I just spend some time to go off social media, to go off these things. But I still work though, but I just kind of, want to talk to more human beings like real human beings on off social media and then talk to them have conversations different from education just have random conversations and then talk to my family catch up with them what they are doing go for family dinners and then whatnot so um that comes once in a while but it's really important for to kind of stabilize your mental health yeah nefemi we've been talking with entrepreneurs all over the world in the past wee while and they all have that same thing whenever we ask them that question when do you stop they go no i never stop i just i just find different ways of expressing my energy around talking about family and friends who are your mentors who do you learn from it's kind of i I really don't have like a one-on-one approach to people i learn from i just see what you're doing kind of do research on what you did to get there and then i use that as if well for my passion there are tons of young people, so it's it's easy to call someone your mentor, but when when you don't have you don't have a one-on-one approach with them, so they are not mentors; they are kind of role models. So I learn from people in the educational space, in politics, and just people who have um, changed their world using whatever they have, and then I've learned how they did it. But for mentors, I have people like Joshua Loasheye, people like Courtney Courtney Adam Brashford, just these people who. When I need help, I can just reach out to them. And then, for example, talking about Adam Brashford, talking about Joshua Luashe, these are people who support my organization. And then for Adam Brashford, they give support financially every time. For Lemblue, who is, which is run by Joshua Luashe, they give support with publicity. And then for Courtney, they just give support with articles and whatnot. So um, just having a network that will inspire you and then will help you anytime is really important. And what's something that you've tried over the last year or so that you wouldn't do again? That's a funny question, but I've tried. Uh, I've literally tried different things and I, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't regret doing them. Why? Because before I actually take any action, I look at and then I resort to meeting up with people who have been there before to avoid the mistakes they have made. So it's just, it's just kind of having a proper balance on what you want to do. And then so I reach out, for example, if I want to go to an educational podcast, I reach out to Phil, I reach out to you, and then I learn from you what mistakes did you make, and then I can now revert that to my own sphere. So I would would have made that mistake. Nefemi, you can reach out anytime, man. Man, I'm I'm, I'm loving this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Loving it. Uh, uh, Nefemi, when when we're talking to our guests, we're often texting one another too about to follow a particular line of questioning. 
and, and simultaneously we've actually just written to each other that you're just absolutely amazing. So I think we're going to both adopt you and bring you to Australia. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> you love traveling, you know, you've got to see another part yeah, of the world. Um, but, um, what you know, I, I'm sitting here and, and, I, and I'm just listening to this, this remarkable young man who is sharing deep wisdom, deep wisdom with analogies around rice and water and, and, and heat and that you have to have all the necessary ingredients to create something that's whole. I'm hearing a young man passionately, passionately talk about partnering with, with organizations and industries who want to continue to develop the capacity of, of young people. I'm hearing a young man whose ideals are about being an advocate for the mental health and the balance of their wellness of all the young people that he comes into to contact with. So there's skills, that's the competency, there is the mental health advocacy and their, their overall psychology, that's their wellness. And, and of course, you're empowering them to simply be better than they were yesterday and giving them the good gifts of, of integrity and intent, which is the character. Where, where does a young man of 17 years of age get such deep wisdom about the way the world should be? Because I tell you what, my friend, you have filled my heart with enormous hope. It's easy. It's... So it's very funny, and then the, that's why I'm trying to create an inventory of possibilities that young people can tap into. So that's really important. So um, I got I, I got an inventory of possibilities. My generation even have um, large opportunities. So it would be foolish of us not to create opportunities for the next generation to come. So um, how did a 17-year-old get this kind of wisdom? I think that it's just by not just reading books, but by learning from what is around you, around your environment, seeing a problem and seeing a solution for that problem immediately. So for example, um, if I see that my laptop is not working well, I have to find out what the problem is, the root of the problem. What, why is my laptop not working well? Um, is the charger bad? And then if the charger is bad, I can see if I can fix the charger or get a new one. So we just have to look at a problem and find a solution to every problem by kind of changing our paradigms about how we see problems. We shouldn't see problems and say, oh, it's been there for ages, let's just leave it. We should see problems and find a solution for them. And then when we can find solutions, we can kind of create a network and a, um, a network of young people, young global shakers who can find solutions to these problems. I wonder what your parents think about your passion and drive to continue to grow and support others. What do they say to you? So I think I think my parents are my biggest fans. Um, for example, no, 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 no. We're your biggest fans now. <laughs> Definitely, you guys should adopt me. Yes. Um, so that they are kind of like my biggest fans, and then they give all the support. When I started Teens World Apartments, they gave me they they gave me my first um, kind of funding or grant for our our, our projects that that time. So the projects at that time were physical projects where we go we start up projects like physical projects where we see physical human beings and then train them so we bring teachers from different schools we train those teachers to train other people and then we go to schools we train their teachers and their teachers can also train them so um one of the reasons why i'm still in in the industry or in this work is because my parents give the support every time so yeah. when i reach out to organizations and i can't get support somehow somehow my dad or my mom just finds a way to get that support. So when I needed shirts for volunteers, I mean, branded T-shirts, I got back home and I found, I think about five pieces of them got in by my parents and then I still have them today. 
So they, they actually pay for that. And then, so they have been a very, very large support system. And then, I mean, it's really, really inspiring to see your parents stand for the same thing as, as the same thing as you do. So when the NSAS protest started, my mom didn't really buy the idea. She just felt, oh, don't end the SARS, just reform them. And then after seeing me going on the streets and they're doing this, she started texting her friends and texting her friends, oh, let's come out, let's support young people. My son is out there doing this. And then let's let's support also. So it's really, really inspiring to see them support it. Do you have any aspirations to become the president of Nigeria? That's a big one. That's a big dream, actually. But I can't. I don't see myself becoming the president of Nigeria. Why? Not because I... I wouldn't get there, but because that's not that's not where, where I want to be. I want to be the one who creates the structures for the government. So I am designing kind of a, a structure where the educational system of Nigeria will follow and has to follow um, through synergy and through consistency, kind of. Nafemi, last question. If there are listeners out there who want to help you in what you are doing, what can they do? So they can help in different ways. Support is very important. And then financial support is liberally, liberally important. So for example, I, my organization is run by my own personal savings or my own personal money that I get from people I work with, organizations that I work with. So to, to support the movement, you can actually, actually really fund us for next projects. So if you are going on tours, you can um, volunteer to pay tickets, you can volunteer to pay hotel bills, you can volunteer to book spaces where we can train young people, you can volunteer to buy laptops for um, people who need it, need them, phones, um, internet connections. And then for those who really just want to support, but they don't have the means to support financially, they can actually just come over, let's work together, use whatever they have, use their networks, and then we can work together and then make something happen globally. Nefemi, recently, um... I write blogs all the time about permission that he's trying. And uh, re recently I, I posted a, uh, a blog about the construct of an audacious hope. And uh, this is what I wrote uh, about um, the idea of an audacious hope. Often what paralyzes life is a lack of faith in self, place and the other, and a lack of audacity. And the construct of hope is still an audacious enterprise remembering that an audacious hope is about daring hearts it is the brave choice to embrace the wholeness of truth from within and around us phil i actually feel we've found this audacious hope absolutely the, man absolutely the, 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 the family oh, you, you you are a young man that has a brave heart uh who has courageous conversations and who's continues to be an example to so many across this globe of the remarkable uniqueness of young people and why we need to include young people as co-authors in their formative years, but then we need to give them the space as your parents have done to, to enter into your own voice, into your own agency, into your own wholeness of truth. Nefemi, it has been an absolute privilege to have you on Game Changers Series 5. Uh, I can't wait for the opportunity that we, we get to meet you in person and one day, tell our children's children that we may have been in contact, no pressure, my friend, of greatness. So uh, I wish you all the best going forward. And uh, I can't wait to continue to follow your journey, uh, a remarkable story that is an audacious hope. Thank you. Thank you so much, Phil. Thank you so much, Adrian. It was really, really super nice hopping on this interview. Really, really nice catching up with you guys. Can't hey, wait to see you guys in Australia very soon.
Yeah, it's our, our pleasure, man. We're just going to wait for this COVID stuff to go away. Maybe you can work out how to solve that problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, cheers. God bless you in everything that you do. Thank you. The Game Changers podcast is produced by Oliver Cummins for Orbital Productions. It's powered by a schoolfortomorrow.com and circle.education. It's available on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, and on Google. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, subscribe, like, you know what to do. Let's go.